One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I do hope you're enjoying another wonderful On The Continent. Now, if you're listening to this on the 3rd of October and you can get yourself to Liverpool, tickets are still available for our show at the Epstein. RambleLive.com. Do come down, won't you? By the way, just a little bit more of a culture for you both. Yeah. Um, the latest episode, in fact, I think the second latest episode of In Our Time, which is amazing, right. the Melvin Bragg from Id Radio 4 oh, yeah. radio show, which is obviously mm-hmm. a podcast, is all about Napoleon's retreat from Russia. It is brilliant. Mm, okay. It is am- it's like an hour of amazing radio. I'd is this where Bragg, I, I love listening to that podcast just because like, you have these really kind of quite gentle academics who come on. He's going, yeah. no, 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 no. Just, yeah. I, I want to know about. Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, Bragg. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't want to know about that. Just tell that's me about it. That's how I see myself. <laughs> right. Councillor State Bragg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. Great. But what, why is that happening? That's, yeah, that's yeah. basically what he said. Answer the question. Before we get into the main crux, yeah, the nuts and bolts, I just want to do a quick bit of housekeeping. Football Ramble Live is going to Liverpool tonight. 
That is Thursday, the 3rd of October. Still a few tickets available on the door. Tomorrow night, the 4th, will be in Northampton. And Sunday night, the 6th, will be in Brighton. There's lots of fun. There's loads going on. My man Andy Brassel over there has been to a show. He enjoyed it. Well, he told me he did anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so you can still get tickets at ramblelive.com. Please do so. We're going all, right, all, all around England and um, into the US and Canada in the first week of November. Ramblelive.com is the place to get tickets. Don't um, take my word for it. Take the reviews word for it. Been very well reviewed so far. So mm-hmm. we're grateful for that. Anyway, on Tuesday night, uh, I was at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for Spurs' capitulation. And it was a capitulation uh, against Bayern Munich. It was, it was a surprising end score. Uh, and I wouldn't have predicted it at half time. I thought Bayern Munich probably would have won the game, but not quite to the extent that they did. A lot of people have emailed in using OTC at footballrambledaily.com to do so. Uh, I picked out Nathan Gisby on Twitter as well. Um, the, the, people are interested as, as it pertains to this show and what it means for Niko Kovac, because I think he's been someone who consistently through the last few months has been someone we've talked about, maybe not not lasting in the job an awful long time. But yeah, that's a real, that result's been a real feather in the cap for him, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it was a great result for Hansi Flick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this is, one of the surround, this is one of the strange things about Bayern is that, you know, you, you, you had all these doubts about Kovac last year. Uh, he won the league, but that was seen as maybe not even par for the course at Bayern these days. They don't really judge themselves on on that. It is about how they perform Champions League and how, well, not only the results that they get, but the the kind of performances that they put in. And yeah, he's had coaching staff imposed on him from on high, which, you know, in, in any other job, in any other, you know, in any other kind of field is, is you know, you would think coaches would take that as a, as a bit of a kind as a of, slight as a slight you know um, Brian uh, Robson was very very grateful to receive Terry Venables at Middlesbrough yeah is that right yeah and was um, <laughs> which way round did it work with Roy Evans and Gerard Julio one of them was annoyed with the other one at one point I'm sure depended which game it was yeah maybe yeah, you know. yeah. but, but yeah, that, that is, that's kind of an undermining thing to happen if you don't if you, if you're, if you well in any well, speaks I think really... to the dysfunction at Bayern that you've got you know too many cooks up top um, potentially spoiling the broth where you know you've got Rummenigge wants something, Hunes wants another, and yeah, I think this has been a bit of an issue post Guardiola with, uh, with with Bayern in terms of uh, everyone hasn't been rowing in the in the same direction, and I think that sometimes can can stop you uh, becoming greater than the sum of your parts, which I think even a behemoth like um, Bayern needs to do if you are to compete with the so called. Um, you know, the teams that have but, uh, Lionel Messi or, or, or Cristiano Ronaldo. So I think it it felt like a big statement perf- uh, win rather than performance because it wasn't a consistent performance from minute zero to minute 95. No. Um, and in some respects, you know, I can remember when Bayern have come to North London before and absolutely wiped the floor with... Arsenal with Arsenal mm. and I love how you said, you said that <laughs> whilst looking down yeah. <laughs> without blinking <laughs> Arsenal I just heard the words Bayern and North London I thought those wins were more impressive than, than this one um, which isn't to take anything away from the 7-2 I, I, but I think that what was puzzling was A the collapse from Spurs and B it was just one of those nights where you could see the Bayern players knew that they could get at Spurs, went for the kill, and also players gained in confidence and felt that yeah they they were going to try things and it came off and it did come off. I think what else we have to point out is there's a case for this being 
a, a bit of an anomaly, isn't there? Because yes. the, the, the difference between the seven that Bayern actually got and the expected goals figure, which varies from different sources, but is significantly lower than the seven they actually produced, um, backs up Mauricio Pochettino's feeling that everything they hit went in. Mm. and they, they did finish spectacularly well from those goals from uh, Kimmich and uh, Lewandowski in the, in, in the first half to to um, Gnabry in the second half. And I have to say, possibly my favourite bit of those after-match celebrations, whereas Gnabry, after the best performance of his career, goes to get the ball and he's approaching Harry Martinez, yeah. who, who's got it, and Martinez just boots it into the away fans. Yeah. And look <laughs> on Gnabry's He face. looks so sad. He looks really upset. It's, it's really unfortunate. Um, but I don't think we should um, use this result as an excellent as it was to whitewash Bayern's season or, or, or Niko Kovac's current status. Um, the, the, the fact is, as James was saying, he's, he's not unanimously backed and he's he's never been, really. I think if you go back to the start of the season when they were chasing Leroy Zane and um, Kovac just sort of popped his head above the parapet to make a quite anodyne comment about, well, I'm hopeful that we'll sign him and it, it, it would be great to have him on our team and he was immediately slapped down by Rummenigger and made to apologise for it in, in public which mm. which tells you where he is now I think having said that there's a sense of where what Bayern are as a club in that the power has always been further upstairs and one of the things that Pep Guardiola loves so much about coaching there is the fact that he was just the coach that he didn't have to do anything else that he didn't represent anything bigger like he did at Barcelona he wasn't um, a spokesman for what the club meant and he wasn't a spokesman for where they were going in in, in terms of their sporting direction off the pitch mm. and so uh, you, you know to, to, to have a, a coach who's just another employee is, is not a thing for, for Bayern at all um, but having said that um, I saw them at Paderborn the the weekend before and Paderborn are the weakest team in the division. They will finish bottom of the Bundesliga. They've got a, an annual budget of 11 million euros. Would Spurs finish bottom of the Bundesliga? <laughs> On the second half performance, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they had this great fair. pass Paderborn all away from home, didn't they? Yeah, and they, they were so careless. Like, uh, you know, Lewandowski missed an open goal from two feet out. Uh, Chago Alcantara nearly scored a known goal from the halfway line because he wasn't looking when he passed back and Neuer wasn't looking while he was passing it back. Mm. And I, I guess in retrospect, you can say they had half an eye on on this this Spurs game. Um, but there, there were there were still difficulties with, with, with Bayern, I think, even after such a ruthless second half performance. What that has underlined is that their, their best 11... Um, has pretty much the same template as before, but instead of having uh, Robin and Ribery, you have Gnabry, who's playing very well and has been playing very well for a long time. And the work he's put in at Hoffenheim with Julian Nagelsmann is, is, is quite clear. And Kingsley Coman, who has been in terrific form both for, for Bayern and, and France this year. So does this make Kovac safer? No. It's, it's credit to him, absolutely. But medium term I don't think it puts him in any of a better place and I think just to take this result and look at the fact that they're unbeaten so far in the Bundesliga and say everything's all right at Bayern is not correct I mean I think there's still an argument that when you look at the back half of their transfer window they've signed 
um, Perisic and Coutinho, which are great signings in isolation, but were they the signings that they intended to make at the beginning of the window? No. Were they opportunity signings? Yes. Are either of them in Bayern's best 11? I think probably not. I think in, in most occasions, when you go with that Gnabry, Coman, Lewandowski front three, you don't play Coutinho as well. So it's, it's something that they celebrated joyously because they've had some pretty miserable moments in the Champions League and especially the way in which they went out of the competition to, to Liverpool. And it's something that James was underlining before, that, that the manner of which you go out in the Champions League. Anyone couldn't get knocked out of the Champions League and that was Bayern under Guardiola, wasn't it? Because mm. after getting flamed by Real Madrid in the first year, they were undone by 10 minutes of Messi in the Camp Nou and a load of injuries in the, in, in the second year. In the third year, I, I mean, goodness knows how they didn't beat Atletico Madrid. So, you know, winning the Champions League or not can be luck and that's something when we're analysing, we, we don't want to put ourselves out of business. That's something that yeah. we, can, we can kind of deny. But, Luck is a huge part of it. Um, what's not acceptable to, to Bayern and their fans is the way that they went out to, to Liverpool so passively. And, um, you know, that, that really gave Liverpool their start in last year's Champions League after they couldn't get things going away from home um, in, in the group stages. So there's a long way to go, but yeah, it's, it's a great result for them. And it's also a result and a performance that he can tuck under his wing and take back to Munich with him. And people are going to no- take notice. They're going to go, actually, well, perhaps we didn't know that Bayern could perform and play this way in the Champions League away from home. Now, I know they were very fortunate. I mean, does he get credit strictly for their finishing? Well, I mean... I, I, I don't know if he does. I, I th- but I think, that's, I think that's a kind of an overly forensic question to ask. I mean, the point is they've won 7-2 away from home in the Champions League. It's yeah. last season's finalist. And yeah. the fact they've got good players performing to their peak level is, 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 is a good thing. And the manager should. I mean, if, if 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 what you guys but have are, they have they performed to their peak level over the entirety of the game? I guess going back to what James was saying, wouldn't that possibly I mean, not? It's, it's, it's but, not a definitive perform. It's a definitive result. Is it a definitive performance? But the point I was just going to go. And on. of course, they've had Pep Guardiola as their coach, who is all about performance <laughs> and has shown sure. Bayern that it's all about performance, not just the result. But there is a tendency to overanalyze, and you're right in what you say, Andy, that we have to make sure we guard against putting ourselves out of a job. But if what you you both are saying about Bayern Munich is that the politics is so important, then I've obviously no reason to doubt you at all. But if Nico Kovac wants to stay in the job, he needs to essentially start working on things like optics and de- dealing himself in to credit for these kind of performances. Because at the very top level, it's a lot to do with politics, how long you stay in the job. You have to own the the, the victories and, and kind of ab- absolve yourself from the, from, the, from the poor performances. So he's got to do that. And if he does that... I can't see how this is going to not be a beneficial thing for him and his career. Oh, no, I, I, I agree in, in so far as when he goes for his next job, which won't be as big as Bayern. Do you think it'd be a PowerPoint and it'll just be most of this second half of this game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he will be able to say, I was Bayern coach when Bayern beat Spurs 7-2. And then we're knocked out in the second round by Zenit or something. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. Like, um, I think we have to kind of take a step back from uh, where we are at in the season right now, because ultimately a lot of a lot of the times we forget what happens in the group stages. We forget the yeah. the great group stage performances on match day two, for example, when PSG uh, ripped through Carlo Ancelotti's uh, uh, um, Paris Saint Germain, mm. um, and uh, and just as we, you know, we were talking about that PSG result against uh, Real Madrid um, a, a few weeks ago. Mm. 
yeah, these things will get quickly forgotten um, when you know we reach a around a sixteen game quarter final game and mm. they either disappoint or go out. Mm. Um, but he will be able to say to I don't know Augsburg or whoever he's going to get his next job at. <laughs> Um, you know, look, look, look at me. I, 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 did get, I did win the league. I got, I got Eintracht Frankfurt to the cup final and won the cup. And I also beat Spurs 7-2, who I were can runners help. up the final. Yeah. So you are right, Luke. In, 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 it's in, got to have some kind of currency. Like, yeah, I, I, can, I can help you win, beat Spurs 7-2. Oh, you're never going to play them? No, yeah. Well, they might play them in the UEFA Conference League <laughs> in, the year, in years to come. That's the way it's going, is it? Yeah, yeah well, right. maybe. Jaron Catancaroli, Piliacelli, Tsurugo! Speaking of, um, of of sort of notable performances, I mean, Club Bruges slash Brugger. No, I, I can't keep up. Now, the finishing in this game was as good as the Bayern finishing, <laughs> I would say. It's Some rare, unorthodox finishes. It's rare to see a finish that not even the striker knows it's happened. Well, well, but it did happen in what, this game. What I found extraordinary was obviously Thibaut Courtois was, was taken off at half-time feeling dizzy and sick mm. I would be feeling dizzy and sick <laughs> after conceding <laughs> those two goals because I mean from everything you're taught as a goalkeeper you know in terms of like okay how, how do I prepare for this situation all of that went out the window for these goals because like you just can't possibly prepare for what he was about to do you know sort of stumble fall over be off balance look completely mm. out of control mm. and yet still find a way to beat you mm. so the, the second one was a, a bit Harry Kane at Leicester wasn't it mm. sort of he stumbled like rolling with the, yeah. the, the, the stumble and mm. the finish in the end was actually yeah. really really good yeah um, I think the second one Deserves more, a lot more credit than the first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the disguise that he puts on these finishes first, every time. The first, I cannot stress enough. He didn't even know he was doing it. The second one, he did know what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the I, celebration, I he knew what he was doing with the celebration. Oh yeah, the big Cristiano Ronaldo. In the, in, in, Remember the name Bonaventure Dennis. Yeah. What, what, what do we know about him? Talk us to a, a bit more about him because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have got, grabbed the attention of, of many a football fan. I wouldn't have thought. Well, he's he's new to me as well. Right. I mean, just arrived at a club Brugger this season. Um, so it, it was good to see him lead the line like that. Um, I mean, what they've got is they've got an enormous amount of experience in in midfield as well. And I thought both Hans Vanneken and Rude Former, even though he ended up getting sent off in the end, were were really, really good. Vanneken in, in the first half was pinging those passes to find space behind the fullbacks, especially Carabajal. And I, I don't know, when you were talking about the substitution Real Madrid made at half-time, James. I mean, bringing on Marcelo, I don't know if they thought that there's so much space behind Nacho and he's actually a proper defender. Mm. Maybe we need to not worry about it and sling an extra attacking player on the pitch, which is is, is what Marcelo is. But I thought it was a really, really accomplished performance from Club Brugge. And, you know, I think especially after they didn't win the first game at Galatasaray, against Galatasaray, mm. both Club Brugge and Galatasaray are obviously going for that Europa League spot. Will have been thinking we let something slip there hmm. um, because, you know, we had our opportunity to, to to move towards third place. But to, to go and produce a performance like that afterwards, I think is really impressive. It's, it's also a feeling of where Real Madrid are at at the moment as well. I mean, I've heard people say they played well in the second half to come back. They played passably in the second half to, to come yeah. back. I, I'm not sure I'd go as, as far as good. 
And they did just about snatch the draw. And I, I think Club Brugge deserved Against a point. Against 10-man Bruges. Yeah. And the, 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 <laughs> Whichever the way you slice home. it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the amazing yeah. thing was Brugge still went for the win after yeah. they got pegged back to 2-2. To two, two, and they had 10 men, which which really said a lot. I, f- I, found, I found the... I watched this game. Um, I found the lack of intensity in large parts of the game on Real Madrid's behalf almost quite baffling. Like it was almost, a, it felt a bit like they could just breeze past Club Brugge. But don't you think when they went a goal, when it, you, it, you were quiet. And when they went a goal behind and then two goals behind, it didn't really, it didn't really burnish the whole team with this kind of desire to, to get back into the game with the exception of, of Ramos, who's just like a wild and dervish anyway. But, but don't you think that thing is what we were saying about Vanneken and former, they're not spring chickens, are they? Especially Vormo, you know, he made his Netherlands international debut at thirty, and yeah, in fairness, that that is an extra- thirty-one now. Yeah, that is an extraordinary. Yeah, last year is an extraordinary achievement. When you think someone leaves Dutch football, goes to play in Belgium, which I think most Eredivisie fans would consider an inferior league, mm. and then you play well enough to the extent there, you play influentially enough at home and internationally to get called up into the into the Dutch. Uh, that's that's pretty impressive. I know the Netherlands have had their dip, but. I thought there was still a number of things that were a bit surprising about the the Madrid game. Just like, yeah, you, know, you looked at the bench and there's like no Bale, no Hammers. I was just like, okay, mm. so you, you know, in t- terms of the change up, where's it going to come from? Ultimately, he'd gone with the the team that has kind of steadied the ship at Madrid over the last few weeks since that defeat to Paris Saint Germain, where you can understand him playing Nacho and Lucas Vasquez because they put a shift in, um, mm. and yeah, they've had clean sheets since then. Um, and yet, I kind of agree with Luke. The body language of the Madrid players, and we see it. We've seen it frequently now with with Madrid in the Champions League, where they kind of just take things for granted. Um, I, I, you know, I, feel, I feel like they don't have a large part of that squad doesn't have um, the desire to continually try and repeat what they've achieved in this competition in the past, which, that, which is understandable it, to it, an extent. It, it, it is, it? but I, I think I think that. When you chuck things into the mix like Azar, who's obviously not won the Champions League before, mm. and he kind of sort of flat to deceive in this game against players, to be frank, with the greatest respect to Club Brugge, he should be having on a plate. He should be having them mm. on toast. He should be wanting the ball every minute and he should be driving at them and making it hard for them, but he wasn't doing that. But I think a big part of that is the rest of the team. I mean, bear in mind that Eden Hazard's still settling. He's still getting his fitness. I understand that. And yeah. a huge part of that for him... Can I just say that mentally he's been in Madrid for about five seasons. <laughs> so he should be used to it by now. And can I also spare a moment for fucking unused substitute Isco? What is happening with it? Yeah. Is- if Isco was in any other club, he would be playing. He's... He- I don't understand but, how he continually puts up with the disrespect he gets over and over again. To be an unused substitute in a, in a game that after 55 minutes, you're 2-0 down at home against an inferior opposition in the Champions League and he's not being used. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But you'd be pissed off if you were Luka Jovic as well. But the reality is they can only make three subs and they were, they were kind of forced at half-time to, to change the goalkeeper, of course. And... Aviola looked decent again. He, he saved them a couple of times, didn't he? When he when he came on, very very handy off his line. Am I, missing I wonder something? if he can I always even thought, challenge Courtois. He, he's always been a decent keeper, and I've seen him. Is it, am I missing something here? Are you guys watching more closely than me? Is he, is he a bit of a Rick Master or something? No, I mean it's it, it's an odd one, isn't it? I think uh, yeah, Zidane has always been kind of quite loyal to to Kayla Navas, and, and and Navas has gone gone the other way because Thibaut is the the big signing, and 
yeah, Thibaut hasn't really been all that impressive since he's he's no. moved away from Chelsea. No. But I, I again looked at that Madrid team and I thought, hang on a minute, yeah, your only summer signing in here is Eden Hazard. Um, and it's more or less the same team, same ageing team that um, we saw last, you know, win the Champions League final when Wednesday down left the first time around. Yes, agreed. Uh, and but they also they also did a great thing where they they gamble with the fact that they could if they if their Brugger's wing backs could work really hard, which they did, yeah. and their back three could could essentially look after Azard and uh, Lucas Vasquez. Um, then they could overload the midfield because because they have an extra man in midfield and then Cruz, Casemiro and uh, Modric, who are essentially now a Real Madrid midfield tribute act um, that you see on like a Sunday night in the pub um, <laughs> because you can't you can get tickets to go and see the real yeah. at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> you can you can get something out of it and, and 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 it does show you actually that if you snap into every tackle if you work really hard and you really want the ball and you really want to win it back and you take your chances in however comedy fashion you can get a result. And the one thing is next time out I think Real Madrid go to Galatasaray and you mentioned earlier the idea that the, the Club Brugger or Galatasaray are going for this third Europa League spot. If Galatasaray beat Real Madrid at home next time out, Real Madrid will have one point from three games. Yeah, and, I mean, they've, they've and, and just got they do a, a Spurs from last season. They're in big trouble. They've just got to believe a little bit more than they did against Paris Saint-Germain this week. It's unusual to see a Fatty Tarim side that defensive, really. They were clearly there just to, yeah. to, to hold Real Madrid, uh, to hold Paris Saint-Germain this week. They have the Champions League this season yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, is, which is a big deal. And uh, Falcao's struggled to get chances so far. Um, but I don't want to keep going back to the Real Madrid midfield, but what you were saying about relying on the old guard, James, and what you were saying, Luke, about the, about the tribute act, um, the, the lack of legs in there is is alarming. And I think the big difference between that and when they played at Atletico in the derby the previous weekend is Fede Valverde was brilliant in that game. And I realised that there needs to be rotation. I'm not sure if the one that you need to rotate has to be one of the youngest ones and one who made a massive difference in a huge game yes. and, and let Madrid control that for for large swathes of it. But you know why that is, because he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't appear to trust any other midfield player. He's kind of relaxing into this old sweater, isn't he? Every, every time he feels a little bit cold, he's putting his old sweater on. That sweater is those three midfield players. Uh, and that, but, yeah, but also, I mean, it just feels like they've moved the museum onto the pitch at Real Madrid these days. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that was the that was the Champions League winning team from a few years back. Yeah, and uh, nice to see him. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, they yeah. were good ones, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that's, that's, that's gonna that's play gonna the hit, Sisu. Play the hit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's gonna finish him ultimately, isn't it? Because basically. His job is to regenerate this team, is to to make it fresher, and that's what he failed to do in the second part of his first tenure. He's not. I don't think. Yeah, look, um, this might come back to bite me. He's not up to doing that. He won't. He can't do that. Nico Kovac for the Madrid job. Job swap. <laughs> yeah, job, job swap. swap. Job swap. Banco Pedro Mateu, chuta Luis Mateu, se transforma, passa de gol. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Some interesting stuff coming out of um, Italy ahead of the big game on Sunday night, James. I thought we could preview that um, as Inter, uh, who are still top, of course, play Juventus. But before we get into that, can I have a little quick word on your, um, on your not not goal bay, but maybe original original bay, Mario Bailatelli, who, uh, <laughs> who scored his first Serie A goal for four years against Napoli last week. It feels like a long time ago now, but perhaps just a quick word for him before we move on to the big the big potatoes yeah I mean he's had a couple of games since he come back from suspension both big games against Juventus um, and uh, Napoli um, and Brescia have lost narrowly in both of them as you mentioned he scored at the San Paolo and it's kind of funny that Balotelli uh, he's he's played what 180 minutes and he's already had more shots than anyone else on that team uh, in the in the previous four games, the game against the game the game before the Napoli game was it the, against Juventus. Yeah, I mean he was shooting from everywhere. So he's doing exactly the same. Yeah, you know he is low presented shot merchant who loves to take a free kick from forty five yards and try and try and beat the goalkeeper. Yeah, but he's been doing a bit of everything really, and yeah, I wondered how much it would maybe disrupt Brescia because they've got a really kind of defined identity on the pitch. They play four four two diamond. Um, with uh, a number 10, uh, Spalek or Romulo, and then they've got two up front, which is Donnarumma, who has been very prolific in the lower leagues for many, many years. And yeah, in in many respects, it's been more lucrative for him to stay in the lower leagues because he's the guy that City of B-side who are chasing promotion know can get you 30 goals. Yeah. And there's more market and more money for him in, to stay in the second division than going to Serie A and potentially be a guy who only scores eight or ten goals. Yeah. But he's been scoring uh, regularly since they've they've come up. I just wondered if Balotelli would, you know, demand the ball more, um, demand more attention, and that would take away from, from Donnarumma. But Balotelli's been coming short, pulling left. He's been trying to create. And this is this has always been the thing about Balotelli where you say, well if you stay in the penalty area, you you will, you know, you'll score more goals than you do. And he's got yeah, he's he averages tends to average a goal every other game. What what kind of forward is Donnarumma, by the way? Just to give people a picture of <coughs> how they're dovetailing together. So <coughs> Don, Donnarumma is a kind of collaborative centre forward. He likes to play with another 
strike partner. It's very kind of Shearer and Sutton esque. Nice. Um, yeah, he he. If you look at um, the, the last few years, he's made other strikers look very good whilst also scoring a lot himself. So like Caputo, who came up with Empoli um, and uh, has since moved on to Sassuolo, Lapadula um, back in the day, who did very good with him at Teramo and then moved on to Pescara and then got a move to to Milan on the back of that. Um, you know, he, he's got a range of finishes. You know, he can, he can score in the air. He can score from outside of the area as well. Um, so they've got, this is the thing about Brescia is they, you probably look at them in comparison with some of the other teams that have come up and you think they've got enough goals certainly to stay up. Um, and, and not only that, they've got a, they've got a very good midfield with uh, Tonali um, and Bisoli um, and Desena. So you've got a good mix there of Desena, who's very experienced, Tonali, who is seen as the, one of the next big things, um, who's got a kind of, Got a, he's a complete midfielder, I think. Uh, this is the guy we were talking about a year or two ago. Yeah, the, who P- often, the PLO comparison, that kind of stuff. Which yeah, you, you don't like very much. No, I don't, I don't think it, it, it's accurate. He does play in front of the defence. He does play for Brescia. He looks like PLO. Um, but um, he is someone who likes to snap into tackles, someone who likes to bring the ball forward and um, not dribble, but carry the ball up the pitch in transition more than I think you would ex- expect from someone like PLO. Um has been playing some really nice forward passes, but still, I don't think his passing is as accurate um, as as Pirlo's was. But Pirlo was, you know, one of the very best to ever play the game. Yeah. And then they've got Beasley, whose dad was a coach and is feisty. Um, so they've got a lot about them, um, Brescia. And is, is, is Eugenio Carini going to have to? I mean, this is all very nice and novel, and people are enjoying Balotelli being back at his old club and getting his first goal. I mean, they are probably going to be battling. For some of the season against against relegation, you perhaps think, yeah. is Carini at some point going to have to sort of rein him in a bit and say, look, you need to play for the team here because this isn't the Balotelli show. This isn't the Balotelli show. Well, that was going to be my question, I, actually. If they play 4-4-2 with a diamond, how does that work with a striker who doesn't do anything off yeah. the ball? Well, uh, yeah, again, this is, this is the issue. When they lost the ball, he would occasionally track back and try and win it back, but Never is that, is that early weeks tokenism though? Well, occasionally, no, that's the no, compromise he can do with the coach. What, what, I'll what, do it occasionally. What I was what I was going to say, Andy, is never breaking into a sprint. And 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 and, and again, the issue I suppose is when you're paying Balotelli that kind of money, when the attention is falling on Balotelli, Balotelli, I think he has to play from start to finish because he needs to get match rhythm, needs to develop his match fitness. But we're seeing, you know, Balotelli stay on the pitch and Donnarumma be taken off. Um, which yeah, I don't think is necessarily kind of favouritism. I think it's pragmatism on Carini's part. Carini, who I think has already done a, a, a pretty good job so far this season. They've lost close games um, to Milan, uh, Napoli and Juventus. So they've already played three big, big teams in the first six games of the season and they've run them pretty close. So... And he's already been, you know, you've got Massimo Cellino, the president there, who I can't remember whether it was after the Milan game was already like, oh, I think I think I might need to make a coaching change. I've got that itch again. You know, I just, <laughs> I just need to do it. And then in the end, st- stood stood by Carini. Um, but I think Balotelli in his head, and I, I think you can, you, can, you can make a case that he's playing for the team to some extent. He's trying to play make for the team mm. by come short. And he does have a great range of passing. You know, he, he is... Yeah, Balotelli generated a lot of hype for, 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 for a number of reasons. Not only his goal scoring, but because he, he can do a bit of everything if he wants to. He has got that mm. ability to pick a pass that 
not many other centre forwards can do. The thing that amazes me, James, is, and you had it at Marseille as well, the fact that Balotelli can have no proper pre-season to speak of. And at at Marseille, when he arrived there, he'd been sitting on his hands for a number of weeks, not played much for for Nice, didn't have a proper pre-season with them. And he can come into the team and just do it off memory he's, natural, he's got natural talent yeah no, I don't think anyone's doubting that Yeah, I was just looking at pictures of Brescia on Google Images actually it's beautiful yeah yeah look at that look at that church mm. yeah, it's beautiful yeah. it? it's a lot of world heritage it's not, sites, not far away from, from Milan if you, if, you, if you fly to Milan you can you know, can get there by train in half an hour you recommend it for a visit would you yeah, why not? I mean, I recommend, you know, basing yourself in one city and you can, if you go to Milan, you can go to Bergamo to watch Atalanta, you can go to Brescia to, to watch Brescia, you can go to Verona as well and they're all not far away at all. So, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a good, good like kind of hub if you want Probably to. It's got the best preserved Roman public buildings in the whole north of Italy. So Does it have worth of Miguel Veloso free kicks though? Get yourself off to Verona. Verona. Can you go to Verona from there, James? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. A lot of the emails we get are about well, where shall I go in Italy to watch a game, or mm. where shall I go in France? The answer's everywhere. Yeah, James. Yeah, James. Yeah, don't much. ask James that. No, you know, I, I think if, if you want to see a lot of games, so I'm going to Milan uh, tomorrow, and you can go watch Brescia Sassuolo Friday night um, because you know, as I say, you can just catch, catch the train. It's you know, half can an people hour come to your house and get a cab to the airport with you and. <laughs> Is that, is that what you're offering? You can spot my Uber with me, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you can go to, you can catch the train to Genoa to watch Genoa Milan on Saturday, which, you know, again, is, yeah. is not far. And then you can be back in Milan on, on, on Sunday to watch uh, to watch the Debbie d'Italia. Yeah. So you can, yeah, Milan is a very good place at the moment to, to sort of base yourself. Or I'd also recommend just basing yourself in Bologna because that's in Emilia-Romagna. And at the moment you've got Parma, Bologna, Spal, Sassuolo. Um, and the food. And the food, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, yeah. sad news actually yesterday. Uh, I think maybe this hasn't resonated um, because Champions League and everything that's going on around that. But Sassuolo's owner, Giorgio Squincy, passed away at 76. That's really sad. Squincy, who um, yeah, in the 80s and 90s was behind the, the Mape cycling team, achieved a lot of success with that and is really responsible for Sassuolo um, you know, becoming a thing, you know, because Sassuolo were never a thing before Squincy put money into the club and implemented best practice um there they've just you know opened a new training ground obviously they're only one they're one of only like three teams in the league who actually owns or you know manages their own stadium yeah and you just wonder what what impact that might have on Sassuolo going forward well first and foremost it's sad because you know it's just for his family and his friends but I mean we hope it doesn't derail their their season and and all the rest of it. All right. Well, what about um, you? Presumably, you're going to, to Milan to go see Inter for Juventus, the big top of the table clash. If you can have a top of the table clash at, at this stage of the season, but I think in this case you probably can because um, they are first and second. They are, <laughs> but I, I just mean I, I worthy. No, I, 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 get, worthy yeah. I get what you mean. I mean, and Conte's Inter have, have, have started very well. You can't start any better than winning your first six games, and they 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 get give a pretty good shine on themselves against Barcelona in the Champions League. What what do you? <laughs> What would you what would you read into this game? Do you, do you think there's it's, it's a really important pivotal moment, or do you think, as you mentioned earlier, with the Champions League group stage games, it'll probably fade into insignificance later in the season because it's about consistency? I think this is a big game for just so many reasons. You have Conte, for example, trying to dismantle, take a sledgehammer to the house that he built, which is Juventus, and I think yeah, they're two points ahead of them at the moment. Were he to open up a five point gap? 
I always look at Conte and think you trust him to be able to hold a lead, you know, when it comes to, you know, being a league contender. Um, and <clears throat> and also it's 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 a big game for Sarri as well because you don't want to be the guy who not only relinquishes um, Juventus's dominance in, in, in Serie A, but you, you don't want it to come at the expense of, you don't want it to come at the hands of Antonio Conte, you know, Conte who started this thing off at Juventus. Um, and and looks like he can be the one who takes it away from them. Um, so I, I think purely from a kind of residence point of view, I, th- I think this game has 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 real potential to have serious repercussions. I would I would say for for at least how we perceive um, them both, um, because I think it would be it, it would see it would it would seem further validation for for Juventus that you know by repudiating this kind of winning is all that matters kind of mantra that they have how you win now matters and if we see Sarri and his Juventus side uh, produce and play very well and get the win at San Siro that will that will be seen as a very big validation for the kind of courageous decision that the board made even though it's still early days and likewise with Conte all the enthusiasm that's mounted which remains unchecked despite the defeat the first loss of the season in Barcelona for an hour they played very well there and it you know it feels like into a really kind of uh, going places so I think there's it is early Luke but I think we can actually there's a lot to take from this game potentially let's hope the flight gets you there James <laughs> James were you surprised to see them give that much in Barcelona because when I spoke to people when I went to into Lazio last week speaking to, to journalists and a, a few fans their feeling was that the Champions League was very much a second priority now I understand that winning Serie A would be the, the, the top thing um you think is Antonio Conte's career has, has suggested that as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's true. But I was a little surprised with the intensity that they put into that game in, in Barcelona. Whereas, as you say, if they'd have walked away with a draw, it wouldn't have been unfair. But they gave absolutely everything in this yeah, game. Which, when you're playing a match that, in so many ways... I don't know if it defines the season. It certainly defines the early season, despite those six successive wins on the Sunday. It would have been very easy for them to to take their foot off the pedal a little. Yeah, I just think that these days, if you uh, work and play for a elite club, um, you can't pick, choose. pick or choose yeah. which games you turn up for and which ones you don't. And the Champions League does have a resonance, does have a real importance. I think that is one of the reasons why Juventus, for example, decides to make the change from Allegri to Maurizio Sarri because they appreciate that they have to play a certain style of football in order to break through and and win the Champions League. And likewise, I think you know Luke just mentioned it there with with Conte that perception of him, that image of him in the Champions League, um, which you know has its merits, but also is a little bit unfair because. You know, Juventus first season that he's there, they're not in the Champions League. Chelsea first season that he's there, they're not in the Champions League. Um, and you know, while they went out in the group stages uh, in his what second year at Juventus, they didn't they didn't then reach the semi-finals of the Europa League, which is a lesser competition. But the the kind of core group of players that were at Juventus at the time, kind of put reaching the Champions League final the following year down to the experience that they gathered. Over that, over that semi-final run. I mean, to an um, extent, does that fetter him in a way? Because as you say, no Champions League in the first year at Chelsea, no Champions League in the first year at Juventus. It did give him a clear run to... It's, it's not just about 
the game, the extra games you don't play. It's just time on the training pitch to actually work with your players. Yep. And in the first year, when you want to get your ideas across, that's a really big deal. And the fact that not only has he got Champions League, not only is Champions League a massive deal for Inter and their new project that they've been building in recent years, um, but they've been lumped with such a difficult group as well. I think actually yeah, that's at, true. at the start as well, I mean, that performance, especially last night, I mean, that weren't great against Slavia, obviously has really given them hope. I mean, I think before the start of this group, I would have said, given Conte in the Champions League and given the context, to, to me, Barcelona and Dortmund would, would be the clear qualifiers, even though people use this group of death epithet for it. But having seen those two games and having seen the performances and reading into the performances rather than the results, I think especially with these two games coming up against Dortmund, I think... Inter have got every chance of getting out of this group. I do as well, and as soon as, as soon as the um, as soon as the draw was made, I bet on Inter. I bet on them to win the Champions League because you can trade really? it. Because you, you can trade it off later. Yeah, sure. You get a much bigger price because of the group they're yeah. drawn in. Mm. And if I was going to be fair on Antonio Conte based on the comment I made a second ago, I've got no reason to be fair to him, but I, no. I, I will. <laughs> um, he's, he's probably you'd hope he's got Champions League success or European success in his future because he's still. Although we think of him as part of the furniture, it's only fifty, yeah. and he's only really had, as you guys have alluded to, probably five maybe even four opportunities to do something good in the Champions League. You said the first year at Juventus, he wasn't in the Champions, in the Champions League. League. And what did he have, two years after that? And the first year at Chelsea, he only had one year after that. So he's only had three or four exactly. opportunities. And before that, he's managed a, a kind of lower level, really, mm, relatively yeah. speaking. And you think, if you think of... And the, he's obviously international manager as well. So if, if you think when you take a job with a, a big club, like Juventus or Chelsea, but he's taking over them when they've fallen short of reaching the Champions League. And that's why it suggests there's a big job to be done. Yeah. So, so I think in in that respect, you know, we should judge uh, Conte carefully and his record in Europe. I think, again, I thought last night against, against Barca for an hour into a, were brilliant, um, yeah, yeah, and, and they should they should have scored more than one goal. Well, to Stegen again save Barcelona that, as he has so many times. That save from that header was unreal. Yeah, absolutely unreal. I couldn't believe it. I had, to, I had to watch it again. It was so good. It was such a good save. A strong, strong hand, point blank almost. Yeah, Incredible. and also like if if you're Lautaro Martinez, as soon as you head that ball, you connect with it so sweetly. You you must think it's in. You must yeah. think it's. Oh in. yeah, you must do. Yeah, it's in power. Accuracy and it's yeah another fantastic save from Tuchin. Weird story that's now kind of come to a conclusion in France, Andy. I know that it's been rumbling on for a while. Um, Ligue 1 club Nice have sacked uh, Lamine Diaby Fadiga after he admitted stealing a watch worth a lot of money from, from Kasper Dolberg, relatively 70,000 euros. Yeah. I know this is something that has been suspected for a while and it, and it happened around the middle of last month, didn't it? But now we can sort of fully report on it. I wonder what you make of it because I don't know if I've ever, ever really um, come across a story like this before. Diaby Fadiga is a highly rated young player as well. So it's not an easy decision for them to part company with him. There'll be, there'll be a lot of regrets, of course, but on both sides. I mean, what do you make of the story? Well, they had to fire him. There was, sure. There was, there was no other way around it. It's a strange it. one, isn't it? it? It is a little. And um, uh, Diaby Fadiga's explanation for it 
um, in his in his apology as um, a really split opinion in France because. So what did he say? He's come out and said, "Well, uh, look, I was I was motivated by by jealousy, and you know, I I, I felt that." Um, you know, my my opportunities were were, were being stopped, and uh, you know, in in one way, I, I, I suppose, like the fact the fact that he's expressing vulnerability, um, I think is is something to be encouraged because that's not something we really get that much in in football. And you know, he's he's not blamed the club, he's not blamed Dolberg, and he has apologised to them both. But on the other hand, he's slightly undermined by the fact that as soon as he nicked it, he sold it. Right. So I, I think there are two schools of thought on, on how this should be received. So how how, was, how is, was he caught then? This is something, um, well, I think this, this is the arguably the major part of the story mm. because um, when Dolberg complained to the club and said, look, my watch has been nicked. This has been what's happened. The club didn't really deal with it. And right. Jean-Pierre Rivera, the recently returned president, said, well, look, there's nothing we can do about it. Hmm. And if that was my record signing, <laughs> yeah. I would be wanting to call time exhaust, on exhaust every yeah. Yeah. exhaust every avenue to not just to find out who'd done it, because you can't have people doing that at your club. At any workplace. No. Yeah. But but to just make the your record signing feel as if he's important, as if he's as if he matters and as if you want to look after him. And um, the reason that it was actually pursued in the end is because Dolberg himself went to the police and opened a complaint. That's when the investigation accelerated. And, you know, I don't think we can say Diaby Fadiga is the criminal mastermind of the century because he got caught pretty quickly afterwards. Mm. If, if I was Dolberg, I'd have a little bit of a feeling hanging over from this about why didn't the club deal with it better? Yeah, I, I would be really concerned about that. And for a club like Nice that has got a lot in their favour, they've got a, a great stadium, they've got... New investment, um, of course. Yeah, they've got new investment, um, which is enabling them to step up a level, but that's building on a great stadium, a great new training ground that's not been Lovely open. part long. of the world, isn't it? it oh, you're flying to Nice yeah. and it's, it is... Bloody lovely. It is. And also you've got Patrick Vieira, a, a very well-respected figure so across Patrick the game. Patrick Vieira is, coach. Is, isn't a part of... He, has, he hasn't... Patrick Vieira has shown... I'm asking the question. I'm not making a, a, a statement. Yeah. Has he shown any kind of leadership at all in this as the coach? Well, it's not for him to do. It's well, for, I mean, it's, it's for the both players. It's for the club to... No, it's a club issue. It's, it's, not, it's, but, not for, it's not for him to deal with. And all he can do is get the team out there. But... When you've got that happening before Dolberg's debut, and you know there was there was talk of whether, whether he would actually make his full debut in the end, and it, he, he did. He came. He, he started the game against Dijon shortly after this, and this was before it had been resolved. Right. Scored a goal in that as they they went on to win. He scored a couple of goals. He scored again last weekend against against Lille, and he looks the part already. Now for a team that Vieira drilled very well, but couldn't score a goal for love nor money last season, um, he's been a big addition and that Ratcliffe money will help them well it's already helped them bring in um single use Dolberg. plastics <laughs> <laughs> he needs the gold bonus to buy a new watch <laughs> it's, it's, it's already helped them bring in Dolberg it's helped them bring in Adam Unas on loan from Napoli and um, Alexis Claude Maurice who Arsenal were looking at in midfield who I think will score a lot of goals for them it's from a great name midfield it is. 
isn't it? I love that. It's excellent. And it's just the start, really. It's just because they didn't have a lot of transfer window to work with once um, the, the, the sale to, to Ineos was, was verified. So for a club that wants to step up a level, I don't think it's a, it's a great look. And bear in mind that Vieira himself was questioning his, his future with the club when the takeover was going to happen because it became clear that Jean-Pierre Riviere and uh, Fournier, the sporting director, were, were, were going to come back. Now, he felt a bit sold down the river by him, by them, sorry, by Rivera and, and, and Fournier because they had left having signed him quite quickly afterwards. And he had something rewritten in his contract to say if Rivera and Fournier came back, he could quit. Right. So he's not done that. Right. Um, but Ineos have clearly had to talk Vieira around and clearly had to say, you're important to us. We see you as the guy to lead this new project. And Vieira's decided, weighed it up and decided, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay. But yeah, there, there, there are some issues, I think. Yeah, to say the least. Um, we, we mentioned the big game earlier in, in terms of interview Juve and a big game in France this weekend is Saint-Étienne against Lyon. On paper, it looks like 19th versus 11th. Saint-Étienne will be looking to use it to kickstart their season, of course. I know they won last time out, but they've had a poor start and Lyon have been terrible for themselves. But, but there's, there's like a point between them, despite that. Yeah. But difference it's, in the table. It is a fiercely contested game. This it always is, and um, I, but I think our listenership might not fully be aware of how fiercely contested this 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 game is. Yeah, and, it's, and the history behind it's, it. It's fairly fiercely contested for a, a number of reasons. You know, if we go back forty years, Saint Etienne were aiming to be champions of Europe. They were the biggest club in France. They were loved by all of France, um, and they do have this. Nostalgic theme. We were starting with nostalgia with Real Madrid and we're ending with nostalgia yeah. with, with, with Saint Etienne. They're not still playing in midfield from the from the seventies, are they? You know what? No, might, Jack Santini is, is, <laughs> is no longer there. It, it <laughs> might it might improve the current form. Yeah. I mean he, he couldn't get in the original uh seventy <laughs> six finalist, yeah. but um, you know, maybe he'd improve the current team. Mm. Um you know, there there is talent on the books at, at, at Saint Etienne, but um Jean Louis Gasset, the coach who'd done so much to improve them, he he left um and hinted at retirement at the end of last season. He thought he'd done as much as he could with Saint Etienne. He wanted to move to be closer to his his, his family in Montpellier. So they tried to preserve the magic, really, by bringing up uh, Gislain Printan, his um, his, his assistant, and Printan has um, coached Bastia in the top flight before, so he's not a top flight novice. He's an experienced coach. Um, it's very much like when uh, Villas Boas surprisingly left Porto and they promoted Vitor Pereira, and it, w- it was never really the same. And it's you were adamant he wasn't going to leave Porto as well. You were Adam Ant. Yeah, he changed his mind late doors, didn't the AVB there? I think made quite a lot of egg on your face, Andy. Rarely, it's rare. It rare it happens. Quite a lot of egg on your face. Yeah, at that point. imagine a situation changing in football. I know. So unusual. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it worked out well for everyone, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, I think that. The, the Pranton thing is not that dissimilar to Vitor Pereira, right. uh, except it's a lot more tough to keep St Etienne in a challenging position than it was to keep that brilliant Porto team on, on top of the league. And um, they've started this season very poorly. They almost set themselves on fire last time, mate. even though they won. They scored and they got a man sent off pretty much straight afterwards. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and winning at Nîmes is easier than it was last season, but yeah, it was, it was difficult all the same. Uh, and 
you could just see the way they played in that game against Nîmes, where they are confidence-wise. Um, and, you know, some of their most experienced players like Loic Perrin at centre-half didn't look sure of himself uh, uh, at all, but they did manage to to get the win, which was a huge thing for them. Is it going to save Printemps short or, or medium term? No, probably not, actually. Um, so he's, he's taking charge of the Europa League game against uh, Wolfsburg this week, and he'll be taking charge of the derby on, on Sunday. But Claude Puel is waiting in the wings, of course, former Lyon coach him, him, himself. They expect to get more out of that team because the way that Gasset changed things was, whereas under Christophe Galtier, they wanted you know, a, a few little shining stars, but more players who could do everything all around the the, the, the squad. Whereas um, Gasset decided to change the priorities on the budget so they have less depth, but they paid more to starters. So they were able to get in the likes of Yann and Vila, Mathieu Debussy, mm. guys who he knew from the, the, the France team when he was assistant to Laurent Blanc. And later, um, they've, they've got on in Johan Kabay as well. Yeah, quite, um, but, not, nothing like recruiting the France Euro 2012 side in 2019. You look at, you look I mean, at, you look at Saint-Étienne's kind of back six, and it's it's quite it's quite interesting. I mean, at Loic Perrin, you mentioned there, he's mm. been at Saint-Étienne's whole career. Yes. Very close to being capped fully internationally for, for France a few years ago. Strongly linked to Arsenal, though, aren't they all? Yeah, exactly. Ma- Mathieu Debouche, we know all about him. Jan Mavilla, um, Jan Kabay. They've got um, the, the goalkeeper. I, I watched the highlights of the Nîmes-Saint-Étienne game, and the goalkeeper looked great. Is it Moulin in goal? Yeah, he made a lot of good saves. They look, there's a lot to like about them. He's yeah, he's, sec- he's second choice <laughs> yeah. because uh, Stefan Ruffier, Moulin Verk, because they're playing green, is carrying a finger injury. At right, the okay. Um, so he's and, not their first choice goalkeeper. No, okay. I, I mean they they had to play a 17 year old the week before because uh, Moulin was 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 injured himself. But the Ruffier thing exposes the problem they've got at board level at the moment and and behind the scenes because. Ruffier injured his finger and I mean he's one of the best goalkeepers in the division he's fantastic um, and he played through it and um, then he said look it's really not right I'm, I'm going to have to step out and get it sorted out and Pranton and, and some of the no coaching leadership staff upstairs in any French club <laughs> He's just like, I've broken my not. finger. I think I'm going to have to have surgery. Yeah. I've lost my watch. Can but anyone help at, me? At some point, I am going to need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that, 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 you know, they weren't happy about it. And um, basically, his goalkeeping coach, to whom he's very close to, has, has, has been marginalised. So there's a feeling that, you know, that, that there's been a bit of a rupture of trust between Ruffier and the club, which is big for them because he is one of their key players. There's there's no doubt about that. And um, yeah, then they've got this huge game against Lyon this this weekend, which um, matters as much to, to Lyon as it, is, as it does to them. Now they're on this seven match winless run and then they went to Leipzig and won in the Champions League this week. A pretty shaky performance again in the, in the first half. Second half, they look more on it. And what was clear is that the the desire and the application was was really there. Now, there's a lot of pressure on Silvino. Now, Janino, of course, the sporting director and best player in the club's Andy. history, who hand-selected Silvino to be his coach, so very much that the, the pressure is on him as well. He Good came to see out, uh, Martin Terrier on the score sheet, James. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dog of a player. <laughs> a dog of war. Every week, I have to say it. Sorry, mate. Well, I, 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 be a great I don't, Huddersfield sign. I don't even regret interrupting you to him, say it. Him and, you never regret interrupting <laughs> me. Him, him and Memphis are obviously two peas in a pod. But they, they work very well up front together. And, you know, Silvino has been searching kind of manically for um, 
a formula, a tactical formula that's going to work. Um, it looked like Janino had set in stone the 4-3-3 because the feeling is the power is with him at the start of the season. But they've been through all sorts of different combinations. It was 3-5-2 in, in, in Leipzig, which worked pretty well. Um, He's out-coached Nagelsmann. Has he? Is that, is that what he's done? <laughs> yeah, but apparent, apparently in the, in the Champions League, that's not too difficult. I yeah. mean, Nagelsmann was getting very upset on the touchline. One of his assistants was sent off at some point when uh, Silvino went, went to shake his hand at the end. Oh, really? Uh, he didn't like it? Uh, Nagelsmann wasn't that friendly to, towards him, so he, he really had the, the hump about it. There, there was a sense that I, I think there was a bit of an experience deficit. I mean, Timo Werner snatched a few big chances in the... In the first half, uh, Marcelo did a, a, a great clearance off the line from Yusuf Paulson as well. But they looked a lot more settled in the second half. That that two up His front name is really Yusuf worked for Paulson. them. <laughs> pick, pick, pick a winner for this Leon game because we've got to get out of here. I think St Etienne might edge it, actually. They really need it. And of course, they'll have the fans behind them. There won't be any away fans there uh, by dint of the Prefecture not having it. Um, on right. safety concerns right. but I, I think St Etienne might just edge it and of course St Etienne fans when we talk back about the nature of the derby they feel that's their rightful place because they were the big dogs in the late 70s and early 80s while Lyon were yo-yoing between the two divisions and of course their um, their uh, famous famous chairman Rocher he always said didn't he that um, Lyon are in the suburbs uh, yeah, yeah. For, uh, in, in football um, St Etienne will always be the city and Lyon always the suburbs of course the inverse is no, is, is, is correct in, in, in real life because um, Lyon's considered very bourgeois well here's hoping only Lyon can't break your heart if you're St Etienne <laughs> that was a stretch it was I've been thinking about it for minutes <laughs> <laughs> on like long kind of diatribes about you know certain stuff like, mm. there's a great bit in that one about Napoleon's uh, retreat from Russia when they're talking about you know the horses and the detail about what the horses are being fed and mm. the fact they haven't been shod properly and how that means that when Napoleon goes back to France and tries to raise another army it's kind of irrelevant because they haven't got enough horses because yeah. 300,000 horses were killed mm. it's, 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 it's interesting stuff yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of similar to how Spurs got against Bayern Munich <laughs> <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.